0: Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Pixel Sift. I'm your host Gianni and with my co-hosts Mitch and Scott, we dig into the culture and the issues of gaming. Say hi guys. Hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> Mitch has got extremely loud, super <laughs> fancy head- headphones on yeah. that he's regretting now. And I'm, I was trying to work in a joke about your mustache not being there There's anymore, no mustache, yeah. we're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> um, we're joined today <laughs> by Bob Hayden, he's a game developer is working on the brand new game, Vectonic. Bob, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for coming in. Uh, we'll be talking all about Vectonic a little bit later in the show, and Mitch and Scott, what are our other topics today? Yeah, so next week the Olympics begins in Rio, and today we're looking
1: at how the modern gaming esports fit into the world of competitive events.
2: We'll also be looking at retro resurgence when hardware, hardware even, comes back from the dead. <laughs>
0: hardware. <laughs>
2: yeah, hardwares.
0: Fantastico. All that and more on today's episode of Pixel Sifts, so let's jump in we <laughs>
1: So the question of whether esports has a place amongst the likes of international competitions such as the Olympics has come in conversation yet again. Um, while, we're here at Pixel, while we here at, at PixelSiv understand the f- full world of the types of skills and rewards that are up for grabs in digital in the digital arena, but while viewership and interest seem to be dwindle with the traditional traditional sports, could the introduction of esports to the
0: Olympics bring the much-needed boost to global sporting competition? There's already plenty of uh, sports in there that people are, yeah, you know, not really caring about about. yeah Yeah. they're like you know why does export deserve to be in the olympics well
1: it it just seems like in the past few olympics starting with beijing i think that one of the main focuses were the lack of people there and the lack of people actually going and the lack of people actually watching and that was one of the main focuses and that's one of the main controversies i guess other than the fact that the host country is usually never ready
0: and it's also actually one of these things that tends to be basically catastrophic to any economy that yeah. hosts the Olympics. Uh, Beijing, it cost them a stack of money to get ready. Mm-hmm. Athens, you know, like they're complete, all, all the stadiums that were purpose built, a lot of them now actually being used to house refugees from, from the Middle East, actually, which is seems- good. But, you know, they, they didn't do, didn't do good for their economy.
2: But the problem there seems to be that it's always, you know, cities and countries that really shouldn't be doing the Olympics or shouldn't be spending a lot of money on such things are... I think that's more of the issue.
0: Well, I mean, that's the thing about uh, Rio as well. Obviously, people are saying that, you know, maybe they aren't properly prepared, but it happens for every Olympics. You know, but we like, said this about the Sydney Olympics as well, which happened in 2000, so.
1: But, like, the relationship between video games and traditional sports has always been a bit, a little bit weird. Like, I mean, with the Olympics in particular, f- focusing on a particular event, it's, like, I guess the only real gaming thing we've had so far is, like, Mario and Sonic on the Wii. And really, who
0: cares about that? Sorry, Mario and Sonic, but... No one really yeah, you, I think but there is sort of these these tie-in games, and yeah. but there is that's right. You know, I mean, we talked about this last week. There is huge money in the competitive yeah. uh, esports arenas. Um, people are competing for for lots of money in order to do this. Probably, arguably, for some of the sports that would be involved um, in the Olympics would be getting far less funding, far less support, far less coverage as well. So, I mean, at what point do we kind of say that you know something, some sport might be. Need to be knocked off for something that is much more.
2: Well, I don't think you can take. You can't take sports out of the Olympics. I don't think that's they take not, them out all the time. Really, is this yeah. a thing? I don't really. I, I'm not a big fan of the Olympics, so yeah. I don't really pay it's, much. Jousting to used to be in the Olympics. Ah, see
1: that. Why isn't it still in the right? Olympics? It's I would watch out, that. Gone out of
2: favor. You what? Know. <laughs> the only one that i You can't go down to your local jousting club. <laughs> yeah. Um, one I kind of am aware of because it kind of had to happen in my lifetime and now it is in a sport and it kind of never used to be. Well, it actually never was. Table tennis. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. that was a huge one. Uh, f- the funniest side of that is the people that was trying to stop it to- from going into the Olympics with this the actual like, I can't remember their title, but the International like Table Tennis Committee Foundation, whatever. They didn't want it to go in because they thought that basically it would be you know rep- basically re- replicating what they already s- provide which is a all inclusive tournament of the best of the best it's just replication of basically what they're doing and that's kind of what there's a huge argument for esports to stand on its own because it, it already is the pinnacle of its uh, you know uh, but you already have field. sports yeah. so think well, think of
0: something like basketball basketball is a big part of the olympics you know there is national and international mm-hmm. like leagues i guess the nba is close to what the international league would be but you know most people Competing at a, a country level, and yeah. that's how you would well, have it for the Olympics. You know, you, we have all these different teams where people play from all over the world in esports. I'll, but I'll, why not having Australia represent Australia country as, of
2: country? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, the countries coming up against each other specifically. I think that's the concentration idea between the, behind the Olympics.
1: I'll give you an example of the esports actually making into an athletic, well, an athletic event. And this is the X Games. So the eSports have actually been in the X Games for a couple of years now. And it's been met with controversy mainly from the other competitors that are doing the physical sports. But the X Games is an interesting animal because the X Games includes motorsport as well. And that has no place in the Olympics. So, of course, it is man and machine, that as well. But there's a, a whole bunch of risk with the X Games includes like the motocross for example you're doing these massive air tricks and you could possibly die and that's a lot of the um the other athletes are saying that well i don't think a gamer or like an esports player really deserves the same medal because they're really not risking their body and life in in that same sense I don't know. And I mean, about this. So there's plenty.
0: Are you this, gonna this die if you play table tennis?
3: Well,
1: th- that's, that's a, that, well, that's the thing that that's what is a little bit different in the about sense the that games. the X Games is not this a very good example, stuff. but it is an example yeah. of games entering the same competition as such. And um, I think um, there is a East, uh, there's an X Games um, athlete. Her name is Christy Lekinson. Le- 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 Wait, sorry, <laughs> Leskinen. Leskin- I was practicing this earlier. Leskinen. Leskinen. Yeah. And she had a pretty. She had a number of pretty public tweets saying, uh, for example, um, as athletes, sometimes we risk it all to win X Games. No gamer in the world deserves an X Games gold medal.
2: It's pretty heavy, but like, yeah. there's nothing but f- arguments and fight back from the sports world about esports entering into their world, basically. Before ESPN, before uh, MLG or esports sports really kind of sunk into the world a few years back all the espn people were like oh you know if esports has ever taken onto esport uh, espn i'll quit and you know all these things oh just talk talk because i don't know why i don't know why i don't know why there's such a uh resistance and um, i guess i think there's a bit of a it's an it, do you know what it is it's a lack of legitimacy in esports people outside of the esports world don't take it as seriously as you know it, it deserves a lot of people still see games as a toy
0: yeah, or I think there's exactly also a game. there's a sporting tribalism as well that people uh-huh. are kind of like my code is better than your code, you know, and people don't want to let anyone else in because they think that this is better or, or worse. I'd like to. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, Bob, because we could talk all day about this, but I feel like, <laughs> yeah,
3: I was just think as a gamer, I think I'm at a lot of risk of ruining my body by playing games, like, <laughs> but in yeah. a completely different way. <laughs> <laughs> RSI. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, on it, yeah. yeah. Weight gain. Oh my god. <laughs> gone on all day about that.
2: yeah Um, yeah, go gianni please look
0: i you know there are uh, the the one thing i want to know is whether there needs to be a overarching event where you can have lots of different games (laughs) where people are competing competing for for their country a la the olympics if not being part of the olympics yeah you know maybe there needs to be something because at the moment they're very segregated you know you play one game and that's that's kind of it and you only go to that tournament and that's it. But maybe there needs to be an event where we have like a lot of different games playing together on one big thing. Yeah. It's like one team and five games. I do will you think. say. Yeah, one team, yeah. five games.
2: On this topic, yeah. just regardless of what we think, in February the South Korea based International Esports Federation requested information from the International Olympic Committee, the Olympics main governing body, uh, on how to imply imp- apply for inclusion. Uh they basically they put in a response in April, and the application will begin in December. So we will find out whether or not it'll be. Wow! Uh, but you know, I'm pretty sure it took like 57 years for table tennis to enter into the Olympics. Yep. Um, and I also just want to draw a, a, a draw attention to a comparison to soccer, yeah. The way or football, if you're that way inclined, um, and FIFA so like you, we have our world cup and whatever and we, not even that we have a couple of different kind of world international um, games that are played and tournaments are held not all players get to play that because of their main gaming interest of their main playing interest sorry so with FIFA yeah. FIFA doesn't have to necessarily let players go the club doesn't necessarily have to let players play so it's like got to do with interests. And I'll also say that Olympics is held at the same time as Dota 2's The International, So that's a whole thing there. Well, they could shift that a bit, surely. Oh, well, you could, but maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's competitive. There it's we go. It's coming right up against it.
0: Well, maybe you could just merge them together. I would it's like perfect, to see viewer uh,
2: numbers between the
1: Dota Internationals and the Olympics. I would really like to see. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the
2: total viewers of the Olympics and the total viewers of Dota, Dota International. The Olympic <laughs> viewers have been crashing over the last years and they need something like eSports to invigorate it.
0: Let's jump into our Drop next mic. topic. Drop <laughs> mic, that's it. Boom. Let's jump into our next topic. Pixel sift <laughs> Pixel Sift. No, seriously, pixel sift. <laughs> no, seriously. Pixel sift. Bob Hayden still joins us in the studio here. Hi. Uh, Vectonic is a brand new game that you're working on, yes. uh, which is a vehicular mm. combat game. Uh, you've got a particular term for the type of vehicles, though, haven't you? Oh, they're Verticraft, yeah. Verticraft, nice.
3: Can you nice. tell us a little
0: bit about your game and how do you play it and what was sort of the inspiration behind it?
3: Uh, yeah, um, it's a multiplayer uh, combat game. Uh, I designed it around... Friends sitting on a couch together. Everyone has a controller. Um, other, you know, gang beasts, uh, mount your friends, that sort of stuff, um, and. Yeah, uh, inspirations I've drawn from it, I guess, mm. would be dive kick primarily, I think. <laughs> oh, Just I a don't.
0: simple up and down There's motion. Up and down. And I like dive kick very really much. Except you've had like forward and back yeah. and boosts as uh, well.
3: Yeah, I mean, up, I'm taking down. it out of the, the, the second dimension into the third dimension, so we need these extra things here.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> very innovative. Yeah. You, tell me a little bit about when you're making a game like this and why was it important for you to design a game that was played on the couch with friends in uh, like a sort of local co-op or competitive?
3: Yeah, uh, um, they're absolutely just the kind of games that I enjoy the most and I've got the most fond, memory from, uh, most fond memories with, like sitting with friends at a party and like, I don't know, I can sit online and play against a stranger, but if I'm there next to someone, it's just so much more memorable and I want to create that sort of an experience.
0: What are some of the things, I guess, that, you know, having people next to each other mm. when you're playing these games that you, you just don't get when you're playing online what like i know you mentioned a little bit there that you can play against someone randomly but you know you could play against your friend who's yep. in their house and you maybe can't get over to the same place what, what are some of the things that you just think are better about that the trash talking feels so much more real face to face yeah
3: you can i don't know you can slap a controller out of a friend's hand if you feel like being that kind of person but-
0: is that a mechanic
3: uh, well, I guess it would actually <laughs> impact the gameplay, yeah.
0: Use a six axis and get yeah. like uh, oh, you know some of the, yeah. the drop. Get them out the, of here.
2: There seems to be quite a lot of popularity for that, exactly that ideal of gaming in yeah. uh, Perth and Australia in general. Um, even A lot of the games that we've covered in the last um, you know 12 months have been exactly that, that uh, localized multiplayer kind of stuff. Couch games, very popular. As
3: Aussies, we love our banter, and when you're face-to-face, it's just...
2: That much better. Yeah. And I mean we have awful internet as well, so it makes sense yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. make you- <laughs> games that work with that.
0: Do you think it is also probably born out of like necessity as well that you know there are only going to be so many big competitive games mm. and multiplayer games. And if you're at the small indie level, trying to make the next big multiplayer game is a big ask. Not impossible, mm. but very difficult. Does yeah. it make more sense just to make a local game? Yeah, I guess. I'm um, I am looking now at making it online as well but like
3: the focus of the game is uh, local multiplayer yeah um, okay as i learn more about uh, network code i guess
0: <laughs> just add it in as you go along yeah. just a little bit of feature creep while you're there yeah. just chuck it in there
3: and now the other indie dev has yeah why yeah. Not?
0: <laughs> now one of the things that really kind of is really striking about the game is sort of the visual design mm. and correct me if i'm wrong it really does look like the old uh, laser vector displays yeah. of the arcade era of asteroids and things like that yeah. why did you go for a design like that
3: I just think it looks cool, really. I mean, like, it takes on, like, Tron, and I don't know, I just dig that aesthetic. And I kind of wanted to mix it. Originally, it was going to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, vapor wavy, if yeah. Um, yeah, I can use yeah. that term. Uh, yeah. There was going to be a lot of, like, sunsets and stuff like that. But I kind of stayed away from that um, as I went because I sort of felt the vectors were clashing with that a bit too much. And I kind of went whole hog on it. <laughs>
0: And I, mean, I guess one of the things that's really interesting to me is the way that you've kind of integrated the way that the soundtrack actually fits in with the game and you've yeah. got kind of like a pulsing background that beats in time to the music. Um, why did you choose the, the music and the aesthetic of the, the way that you did?
3: Um, well, when I started off making the game, I was trying to go for that sort of dark synthwave look, um, you know, a lot of Tron or whatever. Um, but as I like went on with it, I YouTube does that thing where it changes the music you listen to and eventually it just drills you down this little rabbit hole and suddenly I found myself listening to a lot of this genre of future funk and it was a lot more upbeat and happy than the dark, like moody synthwave I was listening to and I was like, you know what? I need this positivity in the game just to keep me going <laughs> and yeah. I put that in and gave this whole like disco flair, I it guess It does,
2: it really comes across because if it was just the visuals on their own or, although they are amazing, it looks great Tron's perfect, that's exactly what popped into my head and also all the artwork that went with Far Cry Blood Dragon mm. all of that just instantly yeah. popped in my head but like, beautiful but on its own, yeah, it has this kind of like you know sci-fi 80s you know some danger to it but with the soundtrack which i absolutely loved and i could yeah. just imagine myself playing it for hours quite happily listening to the music and loving it just brings it to this like yeah happy uh, multiplayer ready kind of zone i guess cool thanks
0: how did you, did you get? get the artists on board to to work with you on the game or how, what was the process of actually getting them in there yeah i just uh, reached out to them on
3: soundcloud and uh, messaged them privately and asked hey would you like to be involved in this game and making it um currently it's got your music in it I'd love to keep it in there yeah. uh, and they just said yeah absolutely um, so they're on board uh, and yeah really. were well, they, uh,
2: they local artists or just somebody from people anywhere? from wherever all around start. the world yeah. on
3: uh, SoundCloud just my like international like board of <laughs> just make a <laughs> playlist <laughs> and basically go down and yeah I mean uh, it turns out the majority of them are all signed on to this uh, label that they manage together um, called the Future Society Collective and so you got, got that right
2: into a nice little Niche of style, and they just kind of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they're all great. Then yeah, really, that's great. Excited to work with them.
0: Was it um, was it something that you had to kind of explain to them, that, or do you just go, it's in a game? Can I just continue to use it in a I, game? Or I said, I've made this game. Here's what it looks
3: like. They saw the aesthetic and went, yep, I guess that's on board and in keeping with what we're doing. So mm. it worked well.
0: And how does it work if you ended up selling like a, a billion copies or something? Do you have you signed up a, a, an agreement or we something? We haven't talked that yet, but I'm probably going to go down the
3: route of. Um, just shared. Revenue
2: point. share. Yeah. Because, mm. yeah. What the <laughs> At the moment. Yeah.
0: As it's kind of going forward, what sort of things are you looking to sort of uh, add into the game and what are some of the things that you, when you're thinking about designing a multiplayer game and a competitive mm. multiplayer game, what are some of the things that are kind of really important um, to add in or to make sure that you focus on?
3: Yeah. Uh, first off, getting the general game feel down was what I spent the first well, up from the start until now, basically, is just getting that game feel down, just, just the right amount of push when you push forward on the controller, the right amount of force when you go up, and getting all that right and having the camera behave in all these right ways, just that overall game feel is just super important. Um, now, uh, at this stage, I'm quite happy with it. It's gone from I don't like it to not bad. I think from not bad to go to good now. I need to give it all that polish. Um, So the next month is going to be all about getting UI and accessibility. Um, So a lot of people pick up the game; they don't know how to play, they don't know anything about the game because there's no instructions or anything. And I'm trying to integrate that into it a lot more. Um,
0: Yeah, just how are you going to teach people to play your
3: game? uh, So things like a interstitial uh, thing between the setup of the game and when you're actually into the game I put little diagrams that I've drawn up, uh, just little simple pictures of like a vehicle going up with a press right trigger and A or A to jump and then B or left trigger to slam and it shows the person jumping on top of another craft and slamming down and the other one shattering so you can kind of get that idea.
0: Are you going to work it into the emoji sort of taunt system that you've already got in there? I, Which is actually I, one of the I really really enjoy the emojis you. in there.
3: Yeah, I have to give credit to my housemate for that idea. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd love to try explain everything with emoji. Probably like if I can get the perfect emoji language down pat, it would save on localization. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think picture or diagrams will have to do for now.
0: <laughs> and what? So what is your plans going forward into the into the future when you're trying to design this game? And you know, what are some of the things? Where would you want to be in a year's time? I Have the game done and out in a year's
3: mm-hmm. time, honestly. Uh, but I'll see how realistic that target is. I don't know. From here, getting that usability down is just going to be a matter of playtesting it uh, regularly. And
0: and do events like taking it out to like play up and that yeah. help with people? Uh,
3: absolutely, the game like. Uh, there were so many things I was just blindsided by um, at play up, Like, that people were like, well, obviously I should do this. And I said, obviously I should, because I'm looking at it from this point of view of someone who knows exactly how every little bit and bite works. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Is it helpful to kind of get that experience as well? Is it like, Absolutely. Do you get locked in if you're designing it in your own sort of space and yeah. showing it to the same yeah, sort get, of people all the time?
3: Yeah, and I get very defensive of my vision uh, when people question it. But I'm working on that.
0: <laughs> well, look, it's a phenomenal-looking game. Um, we're going to play a little bit of it later... In the show uh, Bob, stick around We'll uh, jump into our next topic right now Awesome
2: Pixel Siv
0: It's not Pixel Siv It's Pixel Sift
2: Pixel Siv So where would we be today Without our retro game beginnings? Who knows? It was rhetorical uh, Recently we've seen a bit of a commercial push <laughs>
0: <laughs> You really you really hammed that one up You wow. put, a bit, put a bit of like emotion into that one Yep <laughs> tell, tell us, God. tell us a little bit about anyway, this topic we're talking about. Recently,
2: we've seen a bit of commercial push for the return to retro with Nintendo set to release the NES Classic Edition, or NES if you prefer, with a shopping list of classic gamer titles at its disposal. Uh, it's yeah launched a lot of interest into what it was in an old, redundant console. console. Um, as the interest in this era of games is back in the spotlight, we thought we'd have a look at what's out there in the retro world and what all this historic love is all about. Now, of course, if you haven't seen it, um, the NES Classic Edition that's coming out, I think it's about Christmas time-ish, is basically just a scaled-down version of the NES, and it has about thirty games on there, all the classics. It's pretty good, and I think it's coming in at about a hundred dollars or mm. something.
1: Can you put more games on it? No. No. Okay. This is,
2: <laughs> this is what it, it sparked a lot of kind of um, ideas of these retro consoles coming back, and like it, they've been around for ages. There's all sorts of kind of you know emulated consoles out there uh and unfortunately as as good as an idea as this is the nes classic edition it is far from the best one out there because no you can't um add any other games on there you can't um you you can't do lots of stuff you can't use old controllers you have to use new controllers on the plus side it does run after hdmi which a lot of the other retro consoles at the moment don't Mm. Um, but yeah i don't know it's yeah, What's It's, well, it's kind think?
0: of got a lot of, like, part of it is that, yes, they're obviously selling on this nostalgia that people want to buy these, these old consoles and maybe re-get some of the things. But, you know, say, for example, if you were one of those, uh, you know, one of these people who had a game that you really loved and you're like, oh, man, I really wish I had that copy of whatever it was, and that's not one of the ones in this 30-game pack, Yeah, then this is not going to offer anything to you, which seems kind of silly to me. The thing
1: is, are they going to offer a different version later with different games on it and you're gonna have to buy that one Well, and I then
0: you just throw away the box yeah. like <laughs>
2: don't need this old
0: mini desk. get it out of here
2: well I don't know I think they should have just done a better version to start with like there's actually this concept made by a uh, modder online called uh, Daft Mike uh, He's he, he basically crafted and 3D printed his own mini uh, concept and it's the same size and everything I think roughly but it's run by a Raspberry Pi uh, and in case you know it's about 60% smaller than the original um but he made these also kind of three D printed tiny slots of any NES games with the ROMs loaded onto that like mm. NFC mm. chips and
1: just <laughs> nice, yeah. Them in. So is he selling that? No, this is his own one. at well, no, oh, he okay. said the only one. He
2: just made himself. But if somebody at home, like if a modder can just make their own, that right. you know, kind of you know craps on what they're planning to release in the future. Why shouldn't they see that and see Nintendo's
0: also had this thing as well, where they've also always had the the virtual console as well, where they do actually resell their games on well, they have always current... had that, have they? No, well, I mean, at yeah. the I least, mean, the Wii, know. they've yeah. had it, yeah. But
2: um, funnily enough, just on the Wii topic, the controller for the new NES will also be uh, usable on the Wii and Wii U.
0: Really? Yeah. And I think this is one of huh. the cleverest things about it, actually, is that it does link in with that there. But
2: That is a very clever part of it. Yeah. That's basically that and the actual concept, the idea itself, are the two like main things that they've done well. Everything else, they could have executed a lot better.
0: Yeah. Bob, uh, you're making a game with a, a retro nostalgia-inspired aesthetic. Yep. What do you think about the idea of them bringing out dedicated little boxes that will play a selection of games?
3: It's thirty of the hits, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, for a
3: hundred dollars, I think that's a, actually a really good value proposition. I mean, if you look on the uh, uh, virtual
0: store, like y- you'd hit up, you'd hit the hundred-dollar mark pretty quickly. I think
2: it's eight dollars for like a single retro title. Yeah. So. Even my old, my actual retro NES that I had to re-buy was over a hundred dollars just for the console yeah. alone
3: uh, yeah and if you're buying these things secondhand,
0: people are yeah, really going to mark those up um, what do you want to see with them do you want to see more of this sort of trend or do you think there needs to be a better way for us to, to play these older games
3: if I could have this, this mini NES connect to the internet and download more titles for it that would be the ideal solution um, yeah. but I guess that would drive up the cost to make it internet capable
2: there's a couple of other standouts um, just if anyone's ever interested in going this down this road which they kind of should be because it's a wicked road to go down um, there's two kind of standouts that exist already that are better than the NES Classic I guess in my opinion anyway um, there's the Hyperkin uh Retron 5 and the Cyber Gadget Retro Freak. They're, also, they're both a bit more expensive. So, I think they're- Retron- Do they
0: take actual cartridges, though?
2: Yeah, so they're-, uh, they're But isn't uh, then
0: it then reliant on you actually having the actual cartridge?
2: Yes, but as a bonus, the, masi- uh, the machines can kind of- uh, Well, sorry. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get yeah, there. sorry. These ones, are, yeah, they're limited. So, they're Genesis, um, you know, Mega Drive, um, Game Boy Advance and SNES, I think, capable. Um, but there's also retro bit generations, which is coming out, uh, well, it's, I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but it's coming out in the future and they've kind of pushed this even further now that the Ennis has been released and picked up with so much popularity. Uh, and that one is like a, a uh, Drive style six button controller with HDMI out. It's got an SD SD card slot, um, which we can only presume at the moment, but will be probably used for ROMs and saving data, data, Um... But the good news with that one is it will also be loaded up with 100 titles. Um, so, it's kind of the best of all worlds. you know. So, you can play your old games. You can also load on new ROMs. And, hey, here's 100 games to start you off. So, so who makes that? Who? Uh, they're called Retro Bit. Gener- oh, Retro Bit. I think Generations is the actual model number. Right. But this isn't out yet. It's And I haven't heard much apart from what well, I just told you.
1: I remember there was a handheld version of, I think, a... A Nintendo 64, I think, was it? And then you could put the original cartridges into it.
0: Yeah. was so something like that, right? I, I, ben Heckendorn does, he works for um, a website called Element 14. They do a lot right. of electronic. Uh, but this was an actual gadgets. product that you could sell. It wasn't like a one, in, one of a kind. Oh, was it?
1: It was like a product. It was something you could buy. Let's see if I can look that up. Yeah. What, what but really, anyway, he yeah. does a
0: lot of those custom mods where they do build yeah. like a portable Commodore sixty four, or so they bought a portable Atari, or, or any of these things, and they can accept the original cartridges because obviously electronics have gotten so miniaturized now. Mm-hmm. You can run a SNES on the size of a postage stamp, mm-hmm. basically. You know, it, it doesn't need the size of all of these. Well, this is bits why I enjoyed hardware.
2: what a that uh, draft the Duff Mike's idea so much is because he's put a like probably the best tool for this kind of emulation stuff the raspberry pi yep. into a little console like that that's what they need to release they need to release that but with also accessible roms or accessible emulations of all their games like you said downloadable from the internet or whatever well sega I mean, actually, HDMI. Could they could surely just tuck a little stick a little ethernet in there or even you know wi-fi capabilities technology sega, these days is pretty crazy
0: sega have released a, a basically an official mod uh, basically an emulator for, for the Sega Genesis and, and uh, yes, I think, yeah. Mega Drive games that you can buy on Steam, and each of the individual games are like $1 DLC, effectively. Ah, yes, so I then if you've is. got a computer that can actually run that, then that machine can actually be a legit... Uh, emulator station and you can run it on a Raspberry Pi you could run it on another bit of hardware but I'd like to see Nintendo or you know we're starting to get to the point where Sony's obviously got some older games as well that we'd like to, to re-release and, and and play again so I think Nintendo is always capitalising on the nostalgia aspect of
1: their fans and they know it yeah and like I think, like with all like the Pokemon remakes and everything like that, they know what their fans want and will buy. I mean, you mentioned earlier off air that it was already sold out at EB, wasn't it? What was that, sorry? That that the new Nintendo, That oh, thing, mini Nest yeah, yeah, the mini Nest was already sold out. I'm uh, not said sure that. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Video was, James. James. Yeah. But it sounds James.
2: believable because yeah. like this, like I said, so much interest and uh, just with. Just with Pokemon Go, yeah. a lot of interest uh, in gamers that aren't necessarily, you know, really immersed in the gaming world. Yes, yeah. like, really so in like we
1: can say it's not like we can say it's outdated by everything that already exists all day. But at the end of the day, maybe the product's
0: not for actual people. Who yeah, maybe are it's not gaming. for us. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's not. It's what it is. Is it's a really good viable commercial dip into the retro like gaming world, which yep. all these emulators and stuff. They're not that. Though they are commercial products. They're not. You know, uh, endorsed by the proper people and pushed out on that com- kind of commercial level that this one has been.
3: And also, in terms of ease of
2: use, you can just plug, suppose, like, plug this thing in and go. Plug and play is yeah. the best thing. That's Everyone true. expects ease of everything these days. Because
1: people forget that your time is also worth money. Exactly I right. Think, yeah, like so the hours you spend trying to get one of these things to work, you could just spend an extra $40 and
0: just have it. So What I want to wonder, that's true. and I'll, we'll leave it at this one, mm. is how many nanas this year are going to be buying... Their kid a Nintendo and pick up one of these hundred dollar things. Well, if it's anything like the Wii, remember when the Wii first came out, the original one. Remember how hard that was to get? Yeah, I remember
1: people queuing up and like that one woman dying. Yeah, in America (laughs) trying to get one. Yeah. Oh my god
2: somebody get that woman Nintendo yeah, <laughs> this Step. is another
1: this is another story just search, right. search, search hold your Wii for a Wii in Google <laughs> no seriously we'll um, yeah, right. like, end maybe, on that, maybe and don't do that, that note, let's, uh,
0: let's finish off Not thank no you work. guys for joining us for another episode of Pixel Sift Bob thank you for joining us thank you so much talking all about Vectonic me. it's a very interesting looking game very good soundtrack <laughs> if you get a chance to play it at one of the events that uh, I'm sure it will be at uh, Perth Games Fest later yeah.
3: in- uh, ideally and will also be at the uh, play up on september 2nd great
0: plenty of opportunities to play that one there now if you want to check out our other stuff we have a website that website is www.pixelsift.com.au mitch we have social media channels don't we yeah we do we have all the social media channels the podcast is also available on
1: itunes pocket casts or of course the rss link on the website that john just mentioned give us a like
0: I think that's what you still do, don't you? On, on Facebook,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give us a like,
0: follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on Twitch if you're there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, so give us your feedback. So, thanks for joining us, and we will catch you guys again. Peace out next up. week. See ya. <laughs>